so funny. Every time I tell people from America I'm from Canada, especially on stage, immediately, hey, how's it going, Harry? You want a war? Or do you want to just give me a war? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. This is the Pro Shooting Masala Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to, I think it's episode, officially episode seven. I think last week I said episode seven, but it was actually episode six. This was officially episode seven. Um, today we have a special guest, uh, my brother Mike on the show. Uh, welcome, Mike. Thanks. Um, Mike, tell people a little bit about, uh, I guess, you and your experience and, and kind of your work career and, um, yeah, I guess a bit about yourself. Um, I'm a general contractor and um, I do uh, general contracting for, for a long time, I guess, for like, I don't know, I really guess on, a, on my own, like a year, maybe two years and then, but I've just been in construction for, I feel like since I've been like 15. Yeah, you've taught me a lot about, you know, general contracting. You kind of were even in it before, uh, before myself. Um, um, so I appreciate all your kind of knowledge and stuff you've taught me over the years. Hey man, my, my pleasure, man. Um, I want to talk a little bit about today, kind of, uh, of like a free flowing convo, but about kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've dealt with some difficult customers recently. I've had some difficult ones without obviously naming anybody, but, um, I think it's important for, uh, customers and possibly people searching to get renovations done. Um, and searching to hiring a contractor to understand a bit of the perspective of maybe the contractor. Because I, I do believe there's some crappy contractors out there, unfortunately, but I think there's some uh, crappy customers too. And I think it's it's kind of both parts have a, an important role to play to make sure that a, um, a job goes smoothly. Because I think a lot of times from what I see, I'm not sure your, your thoughts on this, Mike, but a lot of times it's not so much that maybe a contractor does a bad job. Yes, that's that's sometimes, but a lot of times it's from like communication where uh, maybe the contractor won't communicate properly even uh, either in the job uh, scope of work beforehand or even during the job and timelines and keeping people up to date on, you know, materials and when different trades will be there. Uh, so that's where I see a lot of things kind of go south. So I'm curious, like for you, what are some of like the kind of issues or, or kind of uh, struggles you deal with when kind of, you know, kind of dealing with customers? Uh, I don't, contracting is like a pretty, pretty, pretty different business. Like anybody who's a tradesman really, uh, who works for themselves is kind of a different business than most other businesses, just being that usually you're servicing people's homes and mm almost every other business you're going to the place of business, but in this case, the place of business is the people's houses, right? So um, it's, it's weird because when you go to a place of business without, without saying it, usually you kind of know like the person at the front, the person that you're dealing with isn't the person who's running the show. So if they're kind of disorganized, you're not expecting too, too much from them. But when you're the contractor, um, there's this burden of you got to run the business. You got to know what you're doing and and be good at contractual, not necessarily law, but like understand contracts. You're, you're, you're like a big one man show, right? Mm. Um, 
And for a lot of like the bigger uh, contracting companies, you'll see that people who've done really well in it are people who have some kind of background in law. Like there's, uh, there's, there's lawyers who own contracting companies that don't do any of the contracting work themselves, but they're very good at the business end. And when it's guys like me and you, you know, I'm, I'm okay at the business end, but the, my strength is definitely in the hands-on work more so than the business side of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, to bring this kind of long winded explanation back, uh, it's, it's hard to deal with customers because they want, which I understand, I want it too. They want these uh, very massively professional fronts on all of these regards. So you, you got to know a lot about contracting. You got to know a lot about the drawings. You got to know a lot about running the business and you got to know a lot about doing the work. Um, and you know, we're not all like that. Not all contractors are like that. And I don't know if that makes them bad contractors. I would say they're bad in the sense that they should be more upfront about the knowledge they don't have. Um, my, one of my biggest things that I have with customers is the expectation that I'm doing everything. Mm-hmm. And, and they really just genuinely don't understand that I'm a contractor. So yeah, I come yeah. in and some of the work I do, but then I get an electrician and then I get a plumber and they're like, oh, well, how much does that cost? They go, well, it's all the same. I gave you the price. They go, well, we want to pay them directly. That gets a little bit frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think some people too, I had kind of had that, um, sorry to interrupt you, that kind of distinction And I started to kind of get away from that too when I started the business and I was kind of started more as like a handyman where I was doing kind of everything myself. So, uh, and then when I started to realize, you know, I can't, if I'm getting these bigger jobs, I can't possibly do everything myself or probably I, I, even if I could, I I probably shouldn't be, you know, (laughs) moving major electrical outlets and and major plumbing. That's probably not a smart idea. Right. So I, I realized that it had to start doing that more. And a lot of people understand that. I think if you're a general contractor, but I feel like I, I, uh, when I was a handyman uh, and taking on those projects, they wouldn't understand. They thought, okay, I'm just, they're getting a good price because of, uh, oh, they're getting one guy to do it all. And I think that's a little bit of a disconnect and almost like a misconception where I've tried to now distance myself, I'm not sure about you, from kind of a handyman part of the business and more, you know, take on, you know, the, the general contracting and renovations part because it's just, it seems like it's a, it's a disconnect for people. Yeah. I mean, the, I think there's an incomplete understanding of like what a handyman does. And a lot of the calls that I was getting for handyman stuff, I'm sure you're the same was like, Hey, can you change my handle on my front door? Can you change the faucet? Can you do this? And that it's all great stuff, right? It's all nice and easy. But then every once in a while, you'll get somebody who's like, uh, Hey, I just need a handyman. And they don't realize what they actually need is like a professional electrician. Um, and it's, it's on the customer's part, it's an incomplete knowledge of what you're, uh, like legally allowed to do in the handyman world. Like you can, you can change a light fixture, but you can't move that old, like, uh, um, the old box. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, two inches old. Like you're just not uh, allowed to do that. Right. Um, and I'm not really sure why, I don't know what all the legalities are. Um, but Regardless, like there's, there's just people have an incomplete knowledge of what you are and are not allowed to do and what you can and can't do. And yeah, I, I haven't distanced myself from the handyman thing because there's still so many people who just need little jobs done and it's hard to say no to 10 minutes of work for yeah. like a $300 service call. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think there's still a lot of business. Service call or whatever. 
Yeah, there's still a lot of business, I think, in that. Like, I realized people used to tell me, oh, you know, do the handyman stops, not thing. But when you break down, like, if you set up multiple, like, there's a handyman channel, actually, I watch on uh, YouTube called the, the Handyman Business. And he talks to other kind of con contractors and handyman. And he basically, his whole business is just basically going out there and doing the small projects. And like you said, there's a lot of guys, I think, because a lot of big contractors maybe don't want to spend, you know, the day hanging up uh, pictures or putting up a TV or putting together shelving. So yeah, a lot of people don't markups, not big enough for them. Right. I mean, when you, when you're running, yeah. When you're used to doing 20, 30, 40, $50,000 projects, which is not, those are not big, really projects, right? Like yeah. a $50,000 project, you might have $25,000 worth of material. Yeah. You got 15 to 20 grand in, in, uh, payments for yeah. your trades and then maybe it would be 10 grand profit or something. Profit, right? Yeah. 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 Um, there, there's, there's times where you make a lot more, like a, a nice, good, healthy pro profit margin should be like 30%, but it's really hard to make 30% on a $50,000 job, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to justify, um, certain profit margins. Yeah. Um, unless you have the clientele that's, you know, doing it. But, um, yeah, the, for, in terms of the handyman guy, the, those little jobs, there's, there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of money because big contractors just don't want them. No, I don't want to go here for 200 bucks or 300 yeah. bucks. Um, you know, um, there's, I've had, it's, it's kind of like a, a, I don't, I don't know exactly what the phrase is. I, I feel like it's catch 22, I think, but mm -hmm. um, I've had customers who originally call me for something stupid, small, like, let me change a faucet for you uh -huh. or a toilet. And then, all of a sudden go, well, we want to renovate our whole basement. Is this something you can do? And then that leads to, to a much better job, but mm -hmm. you get in the door and you build a trust and it's nice because yeah. people like to work with people that they can, you know, they feel like they trust, especially because it's in their home, mm -hmm. right? Like you're coming in here. I don't, I don't want somebody that I feel like is a, I don't know, not a shyster, but like a roughneck yeah. kind of mm -hmm. coming into my home and, and trades people kind of have that reputation, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of rough looking trades folk. And I think that's one thing, I mean, I've been told this, I'm sure you have as well too, that I think uh, separates us. And I know um, people have told me this and I think separates other contractors, even I deal with, you know, subcontractors where it's like, I think uh, being professional and just courteous and communicative uh, is like huge. Cause I think there's so many guys, you, you know, these guys, I know them where they just don't. Uh, and they just, they just like either, you know, are really rough around the edges. They, you know, they don't carry themselves well. <laughs> You know, that kind of goes back to what I was saying, like right at the beginning is yeah. you're as a tradesman, you're a bit rough, like, and people yeah. are expecting the businessman, the contractor, gotcha, the, gotcha. the guy who's very knowledgeable. And it's hard to be all of those things. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. me and you are both very lucky in the sense that our backgrounds, uh, although they're very different are very similar, like you started in sales, really, right? Mm -hmm. Like marketing sales, yeah. and then you moved into contracting and you're very good at it. And then I started in contracting and moved into sales, uh -huh. but the, the path is very similar. Like you learned how to be the businessman before you were the trades contractor. Yeah. Uh -huh. And the, the, the beautiful part about that is, and I think I've said this to you before, even if you're not the most skilled tradesman, you're, you're, you're very good at presenting yourself and, and marketing yourself as a very knowledgeable person and as a, like a, an intelligible person and as a, a trusted person. Um, whereas my background, when I started in the trades, I'm hanging around plumbers and carpenters all day who swear like truckers. So when I went yeah. into the sales world, 
it was hard to make the transition. You know, you're in a different class of people, not necessarily like better people, but you go from the blue collar work to the white collar work and you, you communicate differently. And it's, it's, you're better off being the, the guy in the dress shirt talking to the guy in jeans than you are being the guy in jeans talking to the guy in the dress shirt. I don't know if you know what I mean. A little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you're, if you learn how to communicate properly in the first place, you can communicate with everyone. It's easy. Uh-huh. When you're coming from the trades and your communication is again, very roughneck, like I'm, I'm just going to pick carpenters because or carpenters are laborers. Cause I worked with a lot of carpenters and laborers when I was in like the bigger job sites. Yeah. They're, they're very crass people. Not that they're bad people. They're just uh-huh. crass, right? There's a lot of like jokes about women, jokes about race, jokes about like, and yeah. that's just the way they communicate. But as soon as you get into the corporate world, you realize pretty quick, but this is inappropriate. You can't yeah, talk yeah, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had that foundation first. I learned it a little bit later. Like you remember I was, I feel anyways, I was a lot more rough around the edges when I was younger. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we, uh, we all have our, you know, our, our growth, uh, uh, sections that we need to work on. Like for me, you know, I felt like I was kind of immature. Right. So we kind of all go through a, a little bit of growth. We kind of, it's funny. You me and you kind of, you're still immature, but like, you know, true. when to turn it off and on. I try to, yeah, I try to, but I think that's the secret is like, I think what makes a good, um, kind of back to what we were talking about at the very beginning is like what makes, I think a good, a tradesperson or, or a contractor, somebody who's can kind of talk to both. You can communicate, uh, when you need to kind of turn it off and on, you can, you can communicate like, you know, you're one of the guys on the job site, but then also, you know, be, you know, maybe be a bit more polished when you're speaking to the customer. And I think for me, yeah. that's what I've heard that people like, like being able to like, you know, communicate because at the end of the day, man, I, I with sales, I, I realized one of the things they, uh, they taught us in, 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 um, when I was at the newspaper doing advertising sales there is that at the end of the day, if there's two companies that, you know, you're going to a customer and you're offering your, your product for advertising for sales, they're offering their product on a billboard. I'm offering an ad and they say it's the same price and the same amount of audience, for, for example, you're going to reach, they're going to go with the person that they like the most. Like think about even how, how we purchase things. Like you tend to like want to do business with people you like. And if, if you're likable and you're, you come across as a bit more polished and professional. Um, and I've t- had people told me that many times. And I think that's kind of one of my fortes. I, I don't know everything about contracting. I love learning new things every day. And, and I think I've, I've come a long way in the last three, four years. But um, I think one of my biggest skills and what I've seen other contractors that I like to work with on my job site is guys that are just like, um, you know, professional, but still do their, their job. But it's, it's hard to come by, right? Yeah, but you know, have you ever heard that uh, the, the, the story about Albert Einstein? So I'm going to bring this back to, to what you yeah, just yeah. said. Have you ever heard the story about Albert Einstein where um, somebody was in an interview, they go, hey, Albert, what's your phone number? And he said something like, I don't know, but I know where to find it. Um, I never heard that. Okay. Okay. Well, the whole point was like, this is, he was considered at the time like the smartest man in the world. He didn't know his phone number, but he knew where to find it. That's not to call you the smartest man in the world or, or build your ego. Uh, you're, you've always excelled at like uh, being honest with the customer in a way that again, builds more trust. So like, you, like you said, you don't know everything about contracting, but you pretty well always know where to find the answer. Like you have a, a plethora of, of trades that you call on. And the beautiful thing is you don't need to know it. You, yeah. you don't need to know everything as the contractor. You just need to know where to find the people who can do it. Yeah. Right. 
Um, it's great if you know, have a little bit of knowledge about everything, but you don't necessarily need it um, as the contractor. Like you just need to have people that you can trust. You know, the, the same way, like you don't need to know how to make a shoe to know if a shoe is good or not. Yeah. At the end of the job, you know if the guy did a good job. It's pretty evident, right? If you get a, a plumber who comes in and you see that the, the lines are all over the fucking place and kinked, it's, excuse my language, uh -huh. it's pretty obvious the guy didn't do a good job. Even if you don't know about plumbing, you can tell pretty quickly what a shitty plumbing job is. Uh -huh, uh -huh. The, same, the same with like a pair of shoes. And you've always been very good at that. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, a question regarding kind of like, uh, I guess, like uh, talking about like professionalism and stuff. For me, I feel like um, if I knew what I was, uh, uh, what I was, um, what I knew now, um, I probably would have never, to be honest, gone to university because I think there's a lot of opportunity that young people, hopefully if they're listening to this, uh, don't realize in the trade. Some of them realize, but I think a lot of them, I know I was like this, think, oh, like, you know, you're going to be an electrician or a plumber, you're going to be dirty all the time or this thing, but like when you realize some jobs you can make, there's, there's a demand and you can make just as much money, if not more than a lawyer's making, especially if you're good at this. Um, I think for me, it was kind of a, of a game changer. Um, and when I started kind of uh, like, I love, I love this business for me, I've always been kind of artistically inclined, um, even though I was like in advertising and I went to school for a bit for design. For me, it's kind of an extension of that because it's like, you're, you're designing people's dream kitchen or dream bathroom or, and it's for me, it's super rewarding um, being able to, and that's kind of why I left the corporate world, um, but it's super rewarding being able to work on a project, a customer's happy, um, you, you know, you, there's hiccups here and there, and sometimes things go south, but you do your best to resolve it and, and make people happy. But uh, for the most part, it's it's a lot of fun and it's um, it's uh, it's really sure. rewarding to see people saying, so my question, I guess, to you is, would you, knowing what you knew now, would you think you would go to university or... I, I would. Uh, I still would have gone to university. Like I'm, I'm eternally grateful for the university education. Um, or maybe, maybe to put it in a better way, I would have. I still would have sought education, whether it's a university or not. I don't know. But um, specifically, what I studied at university, which has nothing to do with the fields that I'm in now, like uh, psych, English, and and uh, philosophy, were um, were very very, very uh, helpful in the transcendence of, of the, my, my mind anyways. Okay. I was a very different guy when I went into university as opposed to when I came out. A lot of that I attribute to the education. You think it um, just kind of more taught you, I guess, like how to think critically and, and, and ways to think rather than I, what to think? I don't, I don't know if it necessarily taught me how to think. Like I, that, that's, a, that's a very big uh, statement about the arts. It's like when you get a, a degree in the arts, the, the often thing is like the arts degree teaches you how to think. But I would, I would say that because you're in university, you already know how to think. Like if you got accepted into a university, you kind of know how to think. I would say more accurately, it teaches you what to think about. Um, and th this, is, this is really only the lesson that I got from, from university, not, not necessarily that everybody did, just from those three things that I studied. Um, the what is almost as important as the how, or if not more important, right? Like uh, I was listening to a podcast where people were talking about picking fights with comedians over what they said about uh, uh, um, trans, uh, the trans movement. 
Okay. And and there was another comedian, I forget his name, but he said something along the lines of, you have to remember that when I'm telling a joke about a thing, it's not the same thing as the thing. And he's like, for example, which by the way, I don't I don't think is very tasteful, but he yeah. just it proved his point. Mm-hmm. He goes, for example, a joke about rape is not the same thing as rape, because if it was, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I still think they're distasteful jokes, but that's not the point. Um, no, but the, it makes sense. There, there needs to be a, there's a certain form of entertainment that things are extrapolated right. a little bit, right? Right. So, so to try and rewind this a little bit, sorry, the comedian was talking about getting angry at comedians for being um, making jokes about the trans movement and and the degree I said earlier that it makes me <coughs> it makes me realize what to think about as opposed to how to think. I don't think it's an important thing to think about comedians making jokes about trans movement. I think it's really important to think about the fact that there's trans people out there and, you know, they're, they're in a a very odd predicament right now in our entire society. Mm -hmm. Like there's half of it, like right wings hate, well, maybe that's not true. I don't know a a lot of right wing people, right wing people, I feel tend to, to really strongly disagree with trans movement and left wing people tend to be a lot more like for the trans movement. And I'm kind of floating in the middle, like, oh, I, I understand, I think both sides here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody's really got the answer 100%, you know, like on the right wing side, I don't know if, if a, a woman or a man who transitions to a woman should be part of the uh, UFC in the, in the women's division. And on the, the left side, I'm like, well, why would, why would we stop anybody from competing? Like, what if I had a trans child? Anyways, it, that's a whole, whole other like, conversation. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, but I'm just saying that the degree gave me that what to think about as opposed to how to think. Uh, I think the how to think is, is, is evident if you're a, a half intelligent person. And there's a lot of stupid people, but the what to think about. So I think I still would have gone to university. Um, understanding that there's just certain things in the ether of the world that are just kind of nonsense and, and they will be flooding your social media and your news and they're still kind of nonsense. Yeah. You know, what yeah. to think about is very important as opposed to just how to think about those things. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I felt the same thing was for me. It was kind of uh, the one good thing um, I, I feel like I really gained from university was like just how, more how to think critically and how to ask questions and kind of, you know, think about both sides of an argument because, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, are just, um, you know, we, we, we exist almost in an echo chamber where we, we most people just want to hang around uh, people that are going to confirm what they already believe um, or reinforce it. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure I don't know if you've watched the documentary, you know, the, the social dilemma where it talks about, yeah, um, yeah. you know, basically being reinforced and, and Google or different search engines is basically giving you two different people can get two different search results based on your search history, because it's just, you know, they want you to click through, they want you to look at the ads, they want you to look at the page. So I think it's important to be aware of both sides. And personally, I, I've tried to more and more over the years is listen to stuff and listen to people that maybe I don't necessarily like, or that rub me the wrong way, just to get a different perspective, right? Like somebody, for example, like I started kind of listening to, because my buddy Patrick kind of uh, told me about him was uh, Grant Cardone. And Grant Cardone, for me, he, he comes across as a little bit of an arrogant, cocky guy. And he'll even say that. He goes, a lot of people don't like me. And, and he goes, he rubs people the wrong way. But I'm like, you know what? Let me listen to some of his stuff. And 
you can get, I think you can get nuggets of information and, and benefits from, from everybody, even if somebody maybe you don't necessarily agree with. And I think it's important for people to do that, especially with, with you know, the whole COVID stuff going on now, because a lot of people just are unfortunately listening to stuff that they want to uh, confirm their already beliefs. Like we know, not to name any names, we know lots of people like that, right? But I think it's yeah. important to, not I just think- with COVID, with everything, to be able to, you know, kind of look at yourself and think about, okay, can I is there a point to the other side and kind of, you know, take more of a middle ground rather than just like being firm on this is, this is right. And you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with people like people like to be around people who think like they, right. Um, but we're, we're at a very odd time where like, if you don't, I don't, I gotta be careful with how I say it. Cause I don't want to like, I don't like speaking in absolutes cause I don't really believe in them. Like I don't think anything's a hundred percent the case all the time, but I'm finding more and more often now that if you disagree with somebody's point of view, it's akin to you being a piece of shit in their eyes. Say that again. Not, if so, if you disagree, so like uh, the, the trans thing is just one of the biggest things, but you brought up COVID COVID is a great example. Like um, there was a, there is a lot of people who are like, Hey, um, COVID's really deadly and, you know, you should go get uh, the vaccine. And I think all those things are great, but I've seen conversations where people are like, oh, COVID's not that deadly. You don't need to go get the vaccine. And even though it's just a matter of like opinion, yeah, people instantly go, well, you're a piece of shit who doesn't care about others. And I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is, this is going way off the deep end. Like the, the desire you, I, you said it a little bit more eloquently earlier the desire to understand the other side is quickly and, and very drastically fading. It's like, oh, you don't think the same as me? It's because you're a fucking asshole, mm-hmm. which which I find is not usually the case, right? Usually the person's not an asshole. They just got different information. Like we know from that, that film, The Social Dilemma, yeah. people find different things based on what they search, which means they're working with drastically different information. And you just think... People think you're an asshole with a difference of opinion in politics, COVID, trends, without actually fully un- fully understanding your position. And there's a terribly bad habit of assuming you understand a person's, ent- a person's entire thought process and entity from like a snippet of their life, like the briefest snippet. Um, I don't know if you watched any of like the news on the trucker convoy. Um, I haven't, to be honest, watched a lot of the news just in the last like year or two. I just find it's a lot of like, I don't know. It's a lot of, okay, well, if not even news, like social media posts or anything like that. A little bit, but not too much, a little bit, but yeah. So one of the things at the trucker convoy, there was this guy carrying around a Nazi flag. Okay. And so like immediately. They, um, they, they hang on to that. Well, never mind that they hang on to it. Like the guy's carrying a Nazi flag. Yeah. The, the problem that I have, and, and a lot of people disagree with me on both sides of this. Like if you look at what the facts are, right? The facts are there's a Nazi flag at the protest. That's the factual information. Mm-hmm. But the left takes that. When I say left, I'm talking like the heavy, mm-hmm. heavy, like liberal people. Yeah. The left takes it and goes, well, clearly we have Nazis at the protest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not very clear to me. Like you have a Nazi flag. Yeah. And the argument is, well, how, how else are we supposed to identify Nazis unless they're carrying a flag, right? Mm-hmm. The, the right 
or like maybe the middle was more I am is like, oh, I see a Nazi flag. I feel like the guy's being satirical, like he's carrying a Nazi flag at this trucker protest saying Justin Trudeau's a Nazi. That's what I took from it. And then uh, the right yeah, is yeah. kind of like, oh, we don't stand with Nazis, but of course there's some major Nazi people, but we're going to separate ourselves from it. Yeah, the yeah. problem is all three of those viewpoints are just viewpoints. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't there. I didn't talk to the fucking guy carrying the Nazi flag. I've got no idea. Yeah, yeah. But that whole what to think about and how to think about things like from an education, from an education perspective, or what I feel like I got from the education perspective, it's very different. Yeah. Like it's easy to do the thing on the left and easy to do the thing on the right. Like it's easy to distance yourself and be like, no, no, fuck this guy. Yeah. And it's easy to do a thing on the left and be like, oh, he's a piece of shit Nazi. It's a little bit more difficult, I think, to do the investigative work and be like, oh, here's this guy who's holding a symbol that is unique to hate. Like it's it's everywhere in the world, no matter where you see this, people pretty well identify that swastika on the 45 degree angle, a sign of the, the national socialist regime of, of Germany, the Nazi party of Germany. And like, we know that that's pretty bad. You don't even have to really know the story of World War II to know that that swastika is, oh yeah, that's bad. Mm -hmm. And yet we've got a, a series of people who, who immediately jump down the throat and assume the worst intent. Like, clearly he's a Nazi. I'm not, I'm not sure that's clear, but to other people it's very clear. I don't even remember. I'm sorry, man. I went way off the deep end no, it's here. Okay. It's, like, it's, 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 it's fun kind of going off these tangents. I really think, like, I think... You have a valid point. I forget how we got on this topic, but I think of just like, uh, I think we were talking about kind of seeing both sides of, of a discussion and university. And that's how we got into this, right. like okay. basically university. just thinking critically. Uh, and I really bring it back eventually to kind of talking a little bit more about uh, trades and co construction. But I think this is an interesting topic. I, I really think as I've gotten older, I'm not sure if you've gone through this transformation, but I think um, we, go, we all go through different stages and beliefs. And sometimes it's like, you know, uh, they talk about it in Inception. I thought it was such a, it was um, one line they said in the movie Inception. I thought it was so, so kind of key. Um, and I'm paraphrasing, but essentially they were saying that when you latch onto an idea, it can change your whole life. And the whole thing, the movie was pretty much about getting, I forget the actor there, the Irish guy, getting him to implanting this idea in his head so that he basically took down his father's company or didn't want to pr pursue it. So. Yeah, right. And I think it's so interesting. Sometimes, like, I'm sure we've all had these different uh, aha moments where, for me, I'll, I'll get this idea. And I'm like, you know what, like, this is like, it kind of just changes the way you think. Like, one of the big things for me was like, uh, I remember grandma said one time when I went over there it was, it was years ago, when I think I was just starting the handyman business and leaving advertising and, and doing all these things, I was really stretched out, I was kind of doing the clothing stuff online and selling that and it was I was just kind of spread everywhere. And I remember she looked at me, she goes, oh, you know, just realize that the hunter that tries to catch too many rabbits ends up starving. And for me, that was like such a profound statement. And I just like, I hooked onto that ever since. And I'm like, realize, you know what, you got to focus. You, you can't be spread yourself too thinly everywhere. Focus on one or two things, be really good at that. And then the rest, you, you, you got other people to do or you hire people, but you can't do everything. Right. Um, and why, well, why not, not all at once anyways, like, we can't I'm, be good I'm with at everything, you. like you right? do have to focus one thing at a time, right? Yeah. You can't try to shoot, shoot 15 rabbits at once. Yeah. Got it. Right. You pick one. Yeah, and I think, it. uh, I forgot why I brought that up, but I think it just, I was saying that, oh, as I, as I gotten older, I've learned to just be kind of a little bit more tolerant and try to be kind. And I think there's a time and place, like, I think maybe a lot of people will see us and maybe 
think of like, oh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to think a certain way or, okay, these guys are contractors. They think a certain way, but I think it's important as, as I get older, I realize like so many people are just like, are so hard decided on this is the way I think I'm right. You're wrong. And they don't put, you know, they don't kind of walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. And I really think the, the, for me, the, the best way to like not bruise your ego is just to take a middle ground. Like, I think some people are so scared to be like saying, I'm not sure. Like, I'm okay. Somebody saying, you know what? I'm not sure about this. Like if a customer asks me something about contract, I'm like, you know what? I'm not sure, but let me, let me look into it. And I'll get back to you. Right. Or whether it's a topic about, you know, whatever about, you know, whether it's COVID or whether it's uh, various different like t- touchy subjects, like I'm okay saying I'm not sure. And I want to hear your perspective. And I think people for me, what's helped me a lot is, is just being a bit more tolerant and, and, Try to be, you know, kinder and, and, and listen to your neighbor because sometimes you think you know, um, you know, what, what somebody's thinking, but maybe you haven't heard the perspective. And I think for me, uh, back to university, university kind of taught me a little bit about that. Um, and I, I, that's one thing I am grateful for. I try to be, I'm trying to be, you know, more open-minded as I, as I get older. Oh, yeah. That was the beautiful thing about school, right? Is like there were so many not necessarily debates in the middle of class, but like open forum conversations mm-hmm. where you didn't, like everybody accepts that while you're in school, you're you're an infant in your, your intelligence. Yeah. So you can ask the questions that are kind of stupid questions, which yeah. some people are like, oh, there's no such thing as stupid questions. I don't, I don't really agree with that. I think there's a lot of stupid fucking questions, but regardless, um, you, you get to ask those things and without that, um, if you had a good professor, at least uh-huh. you don't get that, that terrible, but well, you're asking that question because you're a fucking idiot or you're yeah, a fucking yeah. right, right wing or left wing. Yeah. Like I think a good portion of people um, are, are in the, I don't know stage. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of people talk as if they know what the fuck is going on. Excuse my language. Mm-hmm. Um, like an example for me, and this happens all the time with my wife. My wife will say a word that I don't fucking know what it means, but she'll ask it in like a yes or no question. She'll be like, um, are you being, I'm not using a real word here, I'm just something. giving an example. She'll be like, are you being a kind of copyist? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And she'll be like, well, what is a kind of kind of copyist? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. We should keep a dictionary around here because I'm confused. But like, there's a weird uh, even in the trades, there's this weird thing of being like, well, I don't want to say, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just in everyday life. Like when a customer asks me something, um, I find it's, it's odd. When I first started, I wouldn't say, I don't know. I would give them an answer. Like if yeah, there was a yeah. question about plumbing that I didn't know, I, I'd give them an answer. Now I'll say, no, I don't know. I got to call a plumber. I'm not a plumber. I'm yeah. a contractor. Yeah. And you get. You, you build trust when you're honest with these customers, with, with anybody, you, you build that trust. And it's, it's very rewarding because when you say you don't know, and then you talk about something you do know, they listen intently. Like they know, oh, okay, the guy's honest. Yeah. So like he's, yeah. he's not going to feed me a story. Yeah. A you lot know of th- contractors do that other thing. It's like, oh, uh, they'll just give you some bullshit thing. And I'm sure you've seen it, man. I've been yeah. to some houses where I'm like, how the fuck did you let any this guy do any work here i know like this looks terrible i know, I know what i, I think it is i think it's a middle ground because it's like i think human nature is people don't want to come across like they are dumb and it sounds so simple but a lot of times if, if people 
you don't say you don't know. It doesn't mean you're dumb. I think people respect you more, right? I saw this a lot when I used to work at Home Depot where, you know, I was in the tile and flooring section. And um, if I didn't know something, like I'd say, you know what, I'm not sure. Let me get back to you because people were asking me what type of mortar to use for their floor. And if I sell them the wrong product, they can ruin their project, right? Um, but um, I see it more with contracting too. And I think it's a middle ground where it's like, if, if, if you bring a contractor in, uh, and every single other question is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let me check. It's like, it's going to create a little bit of like, okay, does, has this guy oh, ever done sure. a reno yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there's certain things like, you know, uh, what kind of wires need to be run for, you know, a, um, uh, what you call it? 14, three, 16, exactly, two, whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think it's, it's reasonable. So I think it's, it's a middle ground. If you, you don't want to, you don't want to say you don't know everything. Cause then it makes you just look like, you know what you're talking about. But you know, I think there's definitely times that there's nothing wrong. Most people, most of the time will say, I think if you don't know, they respect you more rather than trying to bullshit. Right. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but to, to bring you, uh, bring me back anyways, I don't, I'm sorry. I got on such a crazy. No, it's okay. Um, yes. I think I would have still studied university or I would have at least, uh, went to trade school and tried to take courses that were uh, mimicking of the whole what to think about thing. Um, like everything I studied, maybe with the exception of English, when I say English, it was English and professional writing that I studied, but maybe with the exception of English, um, I, I had a, a drastic and, and uh, beneficial change to the way I view things uh, and, and whether or not I spend or give, or at least consciously give uh, mental control to these things, you know, um, or mental mental attention to uh, to these things. So that that's where it was great. I think it would be great if they had a trade school that also had like a business course associated with it. Yeah, so it's like, uh -huh. hey, you want to be a plumber? Great. Yeah. Here's your here's your plumbing certificate, and now we're going to teach you how to talk like a normal human being and not say fuck every other sentence like that would be that'd be cool yeah. right um i don't think that exists right now uh, because most of the time when you go to trade school like you're going to trade school to join a union yeah and um yeah what, what would you say for like customer because i know i have different viewpoints on this but for for you in the mind of a customer what would make it uh, easier for you as a contractor to do your job, or what are some things you want a customer to kind of know um, so that, you know, you, you find the relationship goes a bit better with the job. Like you, you kind of touched on a bit where you're saying, Hey, like, listen, you know, I, I don't really give, we talked about this before, like hourly rates, because it's like uh, people think like, Hey, listen, uh, if you want to hire me for a whole month, you know, we can talk about hourly or something, but it doesn't work when it, if you want me to come for two hours to your house, I'm not going to be giving you, you know, 30, 40 bucks an hour. Cause I'm not going to go there for 80 bucks or whatever and leave. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think people, um, like it depends your situation, right? Cause some, some people are working hourly wages and that's all they know. And they think that's great. Um, I think people should, should try to put themselves in the shoes of a contract, excuse me, of a contractor. So if you're, if your car breaks down, okay, and you're able to get it to a mechanic shop, the mechanic shop says, hey, listen, while we're working on your car, it's 35 bucks an hour or 50 or whatever it is yeah. per hour. Um, but if you can't get it to a mechanic shop, if, if 
the tow truck has to come get you, he charges a certain amount. Or if the guy comes to work on your car on the side of the road, he charges a certain amount just to get there and then to do it. Yeah. There's, there's a kind of incomplete understanding that when you're a tradesman or when you're a contractor, you're spending money to not make money a lot of the time. To come to your house and do an estimate costs me money. Uh, uh-huh. to, to, to spend hours here putting together a quote and an email costs me money. Uh, if you're uh, an hourly employee and you're doing that shit for another company, you're getting paid, but I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. So when I give you a price, at the end of it, it's to include everything that I've been doing and that I have to do. It's not just like, hey, give me 30 bucks an hour for this job and I'll be happy to finish it off for you, depending on what the people want to do. But you also have to understand that, like, let's say you want to hire a tradesman or a plumber or a, a carpet, whatever, to uh, change a sink, uh-huh. okay? And you want to pay him 30 bucks an hour. He can change that sink in probably less than an hour. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it takes him three hours minimum just to be able to get to you, pack, unpack his tools, put everything together, pack his truck back up and leave. So, like... He says, hey, listen, it's 150 bucks. And you're like, 150 bucks? You're here here less than 40 minutes? Mm -hmm, He's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but you're not just paying me for the 40 minutes I was here. Like, I have to come here to get it. If you could bring your sink to me and I could put your sink in in my backyard, I'd fucking do it there. Yeah. And that only charge you 30 bucks. It's not only that. That's one thing. Like, you know, the the vehicle wear and tear, your your gas, obviously, the tool wear and tear. Uh, But it's it's also stuff like... That's intangible stuff like uh, the years of experience that you've you've gotten that allows you to do that job quickly. Like like it's funny how there's a disconnect between people are willing to pay a lawyer a uh, thousand bucks for an hour of his work uh, time to write a letter, draft letter for whatever, or a couple hours, right? But when it comes to a contractor, it's like, well, why should I have to pay that? I think that's changing. I, I kind of see it a little bit. Like there's always going to be people. I think, um, especially not in city centers, that maybe are like you know. 70 80 years old and they still think the price of uh, a coffee should be 20 cents and they're kind of not a little bit right, up with the right. times but I, i'm starting to see more and more that there is people that understand the cost of good work and they're willing to pay for it and i think more and more you're going to start to see trades people make the money that um lawyers and doctors make um but it's 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 yeah it's not just the hour that they're there it's the it's the years and years of experience that has allowed them to do that job quickly and efficiently I don't think you'll ever see tradespeople making that money. You'll see the owners making that money. And they, you know, an, an argument they kind of already do. But again, going back to the beginning, tradespeople are not, not that they're not social, but they don't have that. that Business savvy kind edge. of thing. They don't, right? Yeah. Most I'm talking them, more about the business. I guess I'm talking about, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I'm talking about the trades people that are like going to run their own business or like, you know, uh, contractors kind of thing. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, um, uh, I had an old company I used to work for. I don't know if this is public information or not. So I'll just leave the name of the company off. Yeah. But at an old company I used to work for, one of the owners is a lawyer. And Buddy, Buddy doesn't know fucking anything about contracting, but. You know, he's, he's writing million, two, three, four, five, six, 20, 30, 40, $50 million contracts. Um, and he's getting paid an obscene amount of money to do so. Like he owns the company with the rest of, of the owners, but it's, he's not a contractor. He doesn't know what end of the fucking hammer to hold. And he's making 
an obscene amount of money being in the contracting world, which, you know, is what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not begrudging him. I think that's great. Um, like we were at a company party and he landed his plane mm-hmm. on the water of the cottage that we were staying at. Like he's got enough money that he's got a pilot's license and he's got his own private plane that lands on the water. So you think he's doing well, you know? Um, but so, so anyways, uh, yes, I, I agree. I think that if people understood that you could make as much, if not more money being a contractor as you can being a lawyer or a doctor, as long as you have a certain amount of business savvy sense, then I think a lot more people would go into that industry. Um, but I don't know. There is, there's also still the element of people who do this kind of work are, you know, they're not intellectuals. They're not that bright. Yeah. They're kind of the blue collar roughneck guys. Um, and it's kind of a shitty, I don't know. It doesn't feel nice to be viewed as like the, the B class society. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think most tradesmen are viewed as like the B class, even though they, they make lots of money. They're, they're not viewed as, 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 uh, uh, nicely as like the lawyers or the doctors, or, uh, maybe, maybe those two professions aren't great because you got to go like nine, 10 years of school to do them. But even mm-hmm. as like a salesman or an office job, yeah. the people who work in the office job are usually seen as a little bit more like upper class than those who are in the trades. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for my future kids, I, I definitely am going to give them both kind of, um, you know, not push them either way, but give them both options. Cause I think for me, um, I think you were probably similar. It wasn't really like an option. It was almost because our parents didn't go to school. You know, they wanted us, I think, to go, you know, uh, in our generation, they wanted us to go to to school, uh, basically to kind of, you know, have the opportunity that they didn't have. Right. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. But I, I definitely want to keep uh, continue this convo, I think, in, a, in another um, another episode. Uh, I think uh, we'll call it there for today. I'm getting cool. close to an hour. Um, but, um, yeah, some, some, uh, some interesting topics. I, I want to chat more maybe next week about this, about, you know, kind of, uh, more trials and tribulations of what we experience. And I think, um, kind of talk more about maybe the disconnect that customers have between their contractors and, and, uh, what people can know to kind of help the experience from, from a kind of seeing inside a general contractor's mind so that they can kind of have a, you know, the best experience possible with their contractor. Um, I'm so, up yeah. for that, man. I'm yeah. up for that. If you want to have me on again, because um, honestly, even if uh, even if it's not like a, a, a um, what's it called, even if nobody's listening to the podcast, it's just nice to exercise the brain mm-hmm. in, in conversation. So yeah. I, mean, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Well, thank you very much for being on. Uh, thank you everybody for listening again. Uh, please uh, like and subscribe. It really helps us uh, spread the channel and we're trying to spread kind of Canadian content. And uh, yeah, share our stuff with uh, friends and family. And uh, we will uh, catch you uh, next week. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Right, homie. Talk See you later. later. Thanks, brother. Ciao. Bye.